if I can get us to the States for half term, are you up for it? I mean, this whole thing, it was highly unplanned, but it worked out to be just great. It was really impressive. I would say it's, it, it's worth a visit if you fancy something off the beaten track that's not too touristy. I'm Emma, and this is Trip Report. Listen with me as I interview recent travellers so that you can grab all their tips and be inspired to travel. On today's episode, I have a chat with Lillian, who I know through a very special Facebook group of mums. She's an employment lawyer specialising in the education sector based in North London. When I heard about Lillian's trip travelling through Pennsylvania last May half term, I knew I wanted to find out all about it and how she managed to pack in so much into just one week. She tells me about why she chose Pennsylvania as it's not a usual destination for Brits and the route she took to stop at Niagara Falls, the new eighth wonder of the world. Quite interesting that it isn't one of the seventh wonders of the world, isn't it? But I digress. Here's Lillian. Welcome to the podcast, Lillian. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me. So you went to Pennsylvania almost exactly a year ago. Mm. Can you tell us what made you decide to travel there and who did you travel with? Uh, Okay, so this all started off with British Airways were doing a promotion um, that they were offering 100 seats at £100 each way to mystery destinations. And they did it for four days in a row. Um, And being slightly competitive, slightly obsessed with travel and feeling like I wanted to at least have a go at this. um, I said to my husband that for the second day, if I can get us to the States for half term, are you up for it? (laughs) And he said, yeah, okay." Like, probably not so thick. Because the previous day that I think it had been New York that they gave flights away to this promotional rate rather yeah I like I'm not quite sure that he actually thought I would be able to get them bear in mind the whole world was going to be logging on um but um sure enough with enough windows open and enough being well effective because I work for myself I can do these things like just down tools at 11:57 and be on there and have six windows open um and sure enough so we got three of these seats that they were effectively giving away so I was like, okay, Pittsburgh, because in my head, Pittsburgh is, well, is Pennsylvania is next door to New Jersey, which is next door to New York. So it's going to be easy. So I was like, okay, we can go see my mum's sister. We can go into New York. It'll be fine. It's not far. Um, so I booked these tickets, not really realizing how far distances were. And then, yeah, so, so that's what inspired that Uh, the aspect of actually getting there for the week. It was getting to the States for a May half term at a very cheap rate. I think that the whole thing only cost us £450, the flights. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, for the three of us. Yeah, Yeah, because normally you'd pay that for for one person. Yeah, yeah, at at least. Also, because it was May half term, it would have been more. I think they were like nearly £600 each, these flights would have been. Wow, absolute bargain. Great. And so that's obviously why you went with, it was BA, you said, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's why you went with BA. And then how did you go about booking your hotels? How did you choose? Okay, so effectively, once we started looking into it and worked out that the the great idea of going over to New Jersey wasn't quite going to work, but Niagara Falls would, um, we just started um, planning exactly how we were going to break our time up. Um, 
it's too far to drive from, say, Pittsburgh to Niagara in one. So we came up with the idea of breaking it up around Lake Erie, spending two days there, and then the two days, two nights around Niagara, and then back to Pittsburgh for the rest of the trip. So I think we, we came up with the what we were going to do on each day, and then we chose the accommodation. Sort of at, at the time in the background, there was my aunt was saying maybe she would come meet us at Niagara or whatever, but because she wasn't quite committing, it was like um, she was like, "You do you, and then maybe I'll meet up with you." But then that never ended up happening because she worked out it was going to take far too long to drive from where she was. So for Erie, so to choose the accommodation, we were just looking for something that was basic, um, was clean. Um, we're we're quite happy to self cater. I think that this just sort of and and was in like a decent location for what we needed, and this just sort of ticked the boxes. Where, I mean, where we stayed there, it was it was sweet little cottage. It wasn't. It was really nothing special, but uh, uh, you know, it was a, a place to crash for a couple nights. So, which is all we really needed. Around Niagara, my husband actually did the research around there, and there's a lot of chain hotels. And a lot of it is, inc- is is actually very expensive. That I mean, that was the accommodation there was probably the most expensive we'd spent um, in the whole trip. He just, I think it was almost like just going on TripAdvisor and finding out the places that looked nice that weren't a chain. The place that we stayed at, the Giacomo, um, it, it looked nice and just that bit nicer than the the standard chains. So we chose it on that basis. So was Erie a um, Airbnb? Um, yeah. So there's a site which is a, a competitor to Airbnb in the states called VRBO, which is Vacation Renters by Owners. I think actually a lot of British people don't know about that. So hey, there's a tip there. Similar to Airbnb, um, less. I, I think with Airbnb you find that you book and or you see the headline price, and then there's all sorts of charges on top. Whereas with this, there. Are, um, it was sort of, you know, what you see is what you pay. It's, you know, it's a lot, the, the pricing was just, you know, quite built in. Yeah, so it was just a little self-catering cottage that could have also been listed on Airbnb, but we just got it on a different site. As I was saying before, we do like to self-cater where we can, um, but we found that actually around Ni- Niagara, there aren't that many places to go out and, you know, um, that that makes it even worthwhile self-catering. So, it's it's a real sort of tourist hotspot, uh, understandably. But yeah, it means that there's not really any point in self-catering because it's it's not actually either cheaper or um, any better. That's what that, well, that's what we found anyway. And then for the accommodation in Pittsburgh, we we didn't really have a fixed idea on where we wanted to be there. Um, and then once we started looking into areas, found a place that was not too central and there was we thought it was more walking distance to good places than it was but it was at least driving distance to everywhere that we wanted to get to actually with the hotel that we stayed in I had I I, we ended up basically getting that on air miles so I had a a stash of air miles with American Airlines so when 
I was looking into places that I could maybe use up these miles for. This hotel came up that actually we had enough points for the three nights. So, and it was effectively service apartments. So it kind of, it meant that we would have a kitchen, but also it was like um, cleaned every day. So yeah, it, it kind of ticked enough boxes and it was effectively free apart from the extra costs that you end up spending. We thought, yeah, let's go with that. Okay, so you you travelled on Sunday, May the 26th, and you went from, where did you go? From Heathrow to uh, Pittsburgh. Okay. So that was the, yeah, that was the flight. And then we landed, picked up the car, um, and drove like straight away up this, these quite, not too busy highways, thankfully, because it was a Sunday night, um, up to Erie, which after getting off quite a long flight was um, s- slightly brave. Um, and we t- But we didn't need to stop. There were, it's funny, actually, on the highways there, they have places where they encourage truckers to stop. And there was definitely signs saying free coffee at this next lay-by. But I was, but I was more in the mindset of, let's just get there. So we, we, we did that after having gotten off quite a long pole flight. But we, we made it there safely and we managed to find the place as well, which was quite well hidden. Because you didn't arrive until, was it half past seven yeah. in the evening? Yeah. And so how long did it take you to drive to Erie after you got so... through immigration, you got the car? Yeah. Um, actually, Im- yeah, immigration is quick when you have an American passport like I do. So that wasn't too bad. Ah. Um, yeah, it's, it's they're quite funny there because... Um, they're, they're trained that they say to every American citizen, welcome home. So I got this person saying to me who'd never even been to their city before, welcome home, Lillian. And it's like, mm, yeah, this isn't home by anywhere, but any stretch of the imagination. Um, but yeah, thank you for welcoming me. Um, so yeah, no, it was, so yeah, so by the time we had gotten, but still you get through immigration and then you've got to pick your luggage up and then you've got to find the car rental place and go through all the paperwork. And, you know, um, then it was, it probably, was at least eight thirty nine by the time we got in the car um, and it was going to be a two-hour drive so um, yeah it, it was quite knackering I would say but we made it so you went it was yourself and who who did you go with sorry my husband um, who's called Gareth and our son who had just turned five Okay, great. And how did he deal with the time difference and everything on that way out? I feel like he probably just slept. I think him being asleep was a good thing. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Always a good thing. <laughs> Basically, yeah. We sort of knew that that was, that was we, we were obviously, yeah, we knew that that was going to be a bit of a tiring stint. Um, but that's why we sort of built in this chill out time ar- around Erie. Yeah, we could just recover, not have any pressure on what we needed to be where. Yeah, so we could sort of acclimatise to the hours. Um, I mean, travelling with a small child is always going to be knackering because, you know, they have got endless amounts of energy. I mean, the one time we really noticed it was actually once we'd finished in Niagara, when we were driving back, that but by the end of then, he was just like broken and he basically slept the whole car journey, which is actually amazing for us. That final day was of was four hours of driving but um yeah generally I mean he was quite he was quite adaptable I mean I don't feel that he woke up particularly early the next morning so what did you do the next day so that was your first full day first full day so got up um had to look around the, um, <laughs> this was quite memorable because we had a look around the kitchen and it was um 
you're sort of looking at this cupboard, which was had a lot of food in it, but it was all just like highly processed, complete. Like you're you're looking at it thinking this is not food. Like lots of effectively like super noodles and other weird American highly processed stuff that you're like, okay, none of this is breakfast. So um, we took ourselves to a nice cafe, which was walking distance, just like five minutes away, um, which actually the owner had recommended. And yeah, got ourselves some proper breakfast. We weren't sure because that day was um, Memorial Day. It's So it's, it's again this year, Memorial Day weekend. So it's, it's the equivalent of their bank holiday. And we weren't sure what was going to be open and what wasn't, but it turned out that everything that we needed was open for us, which was good. And then we went to, so Erie the town is on the shores of Lake Erie and there is an inlet that goes out into the lake, which is called Presque Isle. And it's just a lovely little park um, that's on, effectively you're at the seaside because it's like a massive um, lake. It's not like you know, when I, normally when you think of lakes, you think of something that's quite small that you can't really see the end of, or you can see, sorry, something small that you can see the end of. But this was like, Matt is like massive. Um, and there are some beaches there. So we sort of just chilled. It was a sunny day, chilled out, made some, like there were stones there. I remember we were playing around in the stones with like making sculptures with our son and yeah just dipping our feet in the water there was some geese I think that we saw yeah and just sort of chilled out and tried to acclimatize to the uh, new time zone can you this may be a stupid question but can you swim in the lake I think you probably can I don't I don't remember if people were swimming but probably they could it sounds really nice. Yeah, it 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 was. It was a good find. Um, and again, I mean, all of this is completely off the beaten track, I think, for most people. So, it, yeah, it was a good find. And it was just, I think, because we, we didn't stay there. Uh, we probably more did a sort of early, like mid-morning to mid-afternoon shift. So it wasn't too busy where we were either there. Um, so, yeah, so it was just quite nice. Great. So then what did you do for lunch? Did you did you grab lunch in your in your place or did you go out again? We had food we had um food delivered. So yeah, Grubhub is like, you know, a delivery equivalent app. And then what did you do in the afternoon? So in the afternoon we went to a place very nearby, which was called Frontier Park, um, which is a, a, a very big park. Um, and within it, there is an arboretum, which is a very woody area. Um, so that was very nice to walk around. There was a good playground, which is important when you have a child that needs entertained. But also, um, interestingly, there was a labyrinth in the park. Um, so it was... I think I remember it was dedicated to someone who was there and who had obviously lived there. Um, but yeah, it was very, it was very nice and relaxing to sort of wander around the lines of this labyrinth and also just, you know, having a five-year-old chasing around all the lines and trying to get into the middle of the labyrinth. It's a very good use of time in the afternoon. I think that used up most of the afternoon between a playground and the labyrinth. And was that Lake Erie Frontier Park? Is that what you said? Frontier Park, yeah. Great. So then, so that was your Monday. So the next day was Tuesday the 28th and this was a travel day, was it? Uh, Yeah, sort of. 
we probably got up reasonably early up and out and we drove to Buffalo, which is the bigger town that's near Niagara. And our, our plan for that day was that we, there's a, there's a very good science museum there. So we kind of spent most of the day at the science museum with a view of then going to check into the hotel later in the afternoon. So Buffalo itself isn't particularly nice, um, as in I did, there aren't any very very many interesting buildings or anything else. It's, I think it's quite run down, if I remember rightly. But yeah, the, the Science Museum. And how was that? Was that good? Really good. And what was parking like? Because, you know, if you stop by in London, it's quite tricky for parking. Was it okay in Buffalo? Yeah. First of all, it was just very easy. Like you could drive there. The parking was easy and it wasn't particularly busy that day. And it was, yeah, it was a very enjoyable day. They had some dinosaur stuff that was there and some electrics, you know, like, um, what's the word, like electric pod things that kids can touch. So was Buffalo easy to navigate? How did you find your way around? Pretty much. Um, I think with all of this, we had loaded up the maps onto our phone before we um, before we left because we knew we were going to be heavy reliant on the GPS on our phones. And also, if I'm remembering right, the car, we were able to quite easily connect the car to Google on our phones to um, let it give us directions. So it, yeah, so it, it wasn't hard to navigate. It's, it's not that big a town, thankfully, as well, which is a good thing. Okay, so this was on the, the Tuesday, you traveled from Erie to Buffalo. And then did you stop over overnight in Buffalo? So no, we stopped, we, we did stop for lunch. Yeah, a little deli attached to a supermarket. And that, that was quite near the Science Museum. Great. So you spent the, the morning in the Science Museum. And then did you head off to Niagara Falls after lunch? Yes. Great. And then how long? It's quite a short distance to Niagara. I feel like we drove max half an hour. And then when you got to Niagara, did you go straight to your hotel or did you stop for the falls? Because downtown Niagara is quite effectively um, dense, the parking situation was you had to leave your car with the hotel who would then go park it somewhere. And so um, what we wanted to do, we just wanted to check in, get that side side of things sorted. And and then we would do traveling around by foot that day to get our bearings on how we were going to navigate the falls and the trips around there. Okay. And then did you eat out somewhere in the evening? Yes. We went to the Rainforest Cafe, which was just a total error because yes, it was nice in that they have, it is reasonably entertaining for children. They have like lots of animals and things and they don't really mind kids running around so much, but it's very overpriced, very Mm. not particularly good. I mean, service was decent as you would expect there, but it, it was a very unmemorable meal, which is why the f- um, the rest of the time we didn't eat out that much around there. Yeah, it's I've not been to the American side, but I've been to the Canadian side, and it's very touristy, and there's lots of restaurants and things, so lots to choose from. And imagine it, it's kind of hard when you first arrive there, knowing where to go to choose because it's a bit overwhelming. Yeah, is it the same? We just wanted somewhere that was nearby. I mean, that was literally five minutes walk from us. It kind of fitted the bill in terms of, you know, they would have food that, you know, a five-year-old would eat. 
there, there's just not a very good choice of places to eat. I mean, there's obviously McDonald's there and lots of other chains, but I don't know. I didn't. I feel like you, I didn't really want to go on holiday to just eat complete junk food. But I think also because so we were there obviously at the end of May, which is the start of the tourist season. But perhaps in the high season, there's more places that are open. I remember one day we went slightly off the beaten track um, to a pizza place that was obviously more aimed at locals than tourists. One, So the hotel had a sort of lounge on the top deck where you could, I mean, they, they advertise it that you can look out on the falls. I mean, you're looking out and you can mainly see the Niagara River. And then if you look really hard, you can see a bit of the falls of uh, to be honest uh, but it, it was a nice room um and so for this the second evening that we were in the area we actually just ordered we ordered some sushi and to be delivered i think that was actually coming from that actually came from buffalo rather than from the niagara area because i think because it wasn't walking distance where we ordered from because really we were just quite unimpressed at the selection of food and we didn't want to have pizza two meals in a row really yeah sure and so that that was that <laughs> evening that you arrived and then the next day was the Wednesday what did you do how did you plan your day okay, okay. so actually the evening that we arrived we started doing a bit of walking around to get the bearings to get our bearings um, and to see kind of where you bought tickets and also how you would go about crossing um, so we saw um, that first evening we did walk um across the bridge once to Canada and back does it take a long time to walk over no it's like five minutes oh okay I mean it's more you you I mean but you do have to have your passports with you there is passport control on both sides so whilst we thought we were just being a bit like oh this is a funny thing to do in one day going go over to Canada and back and the queues are the immigration they are serious because people are using it as a crossing obviously not to be illegal workers but to be migrant workers so um they're not messing around as to you know they you know they were probably asking us what are we like what is the purpose of us leaving and going into canada and the same on the way back um what's our purpose of being in the states and it's like well we're just here on holiday so the the actual walk across the bridge i'd say is five minutes but the border control at each side i think was probably a good 15 minutes each sure and did you have a I've heard that it's better on the Canadian side than the American side. How did you feel? Yes. Um, well, truthfully, I mean, we didn't do a lot on the Canadian side other than a quick walk around. But we did um, a tour where you see the falls from different areas. So there's, for example, one of the things is that you do, it's called Cave of the Winds. So that is where you go almost into the falls um, to a part where, I mean, you can really hear them very loudly and you you see them like really, you, you see a part of it really up close. And another part of um, the trip is called, it's a boat trip um, called Made of the Mist. And effectively it's the same boat trip that you do, whether you're from the Canadian side or from the American side. Um, I think just the Canadians call their boats something different. And one of the, the there's blue boats and red boats. Um, I think the the red boats are the um, the Canadian ones, and the blue boats are the British. Oh, the, not the British, the American ones. So when you're doing the tours, you see exactly the same. When you so and on these boats, I mean, that's where you go right. You're on the water and you're right at the falls. Um, so you can see it. 
um, you know, up, up close and you're getting the exact same experience. So did you go on the boat? Yeah, so we did. Um, I think when you buy this kind of, I'm going to call it a multi-experience ticket, effectively, I think there's almost five things that you can do um, with it in the Niagara area. So, yeah, one of it is like doing this Cave of the Winds. Another is um, going on this the boat trip called the Maid of the Mist. Another is there's an aquarium nearby, so, which we also did. I think there might have been an, another, there, there was a, sh- a sort of education show that we saw at one point as well. But I, th- I think that, that was part of the package as well. So, yes, yeah, so, so effectively we bought these tickets. Oh, and there's also a drive around where you get a tour guide slash driver on a sort of trolley bus, um, which takes you along the river and gives you uh, uh, information about the area and how it was turned from a dam effectively to you know a big tourist area and was there anything that surprised you about Niagara Falls you weren't expecting um I suppose I mean it was very interesting to learn that um actually the land used to be private and you know was was used for commerce it was then turned into a national park where everyone was able to go and look at it as opposed to because I I think particularly in England we sort of you think of you know, parks as always having been public land and the idea that it was sort of developed on and then bought back from private landowners was a very strange thing. You know, effectively, you know, the people who got there first claimed the land and then they decided to sell it back to the com- to the country. That was interesting to learn. In terms of what surprised me, I suppose whilst it was touristy, it felt a bit... Um, so the falls themselves are very impressive and I'm pleased that I've seen it. But the area around, just I suppose it just wasn't very impressive um, in terms of things to do. I mean, I can't imagine, you know, spending longer than a few days there. I mean, really, between our walk that first day on the Tuesday and then going around on the Wednesday, we, we technically could have had the Thursday. Um, we had more time that we had built into the trip that we, you know, we could have, you know, done more Niagara stuff. Um, but really, we, I think we went to the aquarium. And after that, we, you know, we were quite ready to go. Okay, so it's only really a sort of a day's trip, a day's things to do. Yeah, or, you know, a long weekend, if you wanted to take things leisurely. Sure. But um, yeah. So then the next day was the Thursday. And did you leave straight away for Pittsburgh? So I think so I think on the Thursday we did the aquarium in the morning and then um we got in the car and yeah drove back um and yeah one thing I had said that I wanted to do there was get a new bag for work normally every other time I've gone to the states the exchange rate has been quite good um but but with Brexit it, it just really wasn't so any shopping that I was going to do was going to have to be quite focused and just outside of Erie on the way back into Pittsburgh there is a shopping outlet area so we sort of worked out that that was more or less halfway so we stopped off there did a I did a bit of shopping so that, that was the day that my son just basically after the aquarium he just passed out and he slept more or less the whole way back to Pittsburgh yeah so we stopped off I did a little bit of shopping I think maybe we grabbed some food as well. 
I'm, I'm remembering that my husband also picked up some shopping as well from that um, area. <laughs> no, it was, it was very funny because that was, um, you know, you have a sales assistant in the the menswear, like, because he needed some new work suits. And so, you know, the sales assistant who lived five minutes from the mall where she worked and then, you know, dealing with these people who've like literally come from another country. And like, you know, she I don't know that she'd ever met anyone from England before. So it was very exciting for her. And she was <laughs> incredibly helpful with us. So that, that was a nice positive experience. Yeah. Okay. So then you headed back to Pittsburgh. Did you make any other stops on the way? I don't think so. So it's quite a long journey then. I mean, you stopped off for shopping, but. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was quite, but we, we, we knew it was going to be, that was going to be a a driving day. And, you know, we had done quite a lot already. So we were, we were okay with it not being, you know, a a busy day. And then I think we thought about building in, stopping off at a park or something on the way, but um, literally our son was like dead asleep in the car. So it seemed you know what, let, let, let's just make the most of it and just drive whilst he's not, you know, being a challenge. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so when you, when you arrived at Pittsburgh, what, what was your first port of call? Did you go to the hotel first? Yeah, we, we just went straight to the hotel. Um, again, it's one of those things, you never quite know till you'll get there. But actually, you know, checking in was very easy. The room was, you know, exactly what we needed. I think that first night it was, you know, we literally just like walked to a local grocery store that was nearby to pick up some stuff for dinner. Okay. So it's quite a, quite a leisurely evening. Yes. Very. Yeah. And then the next day was Friday the 31st. Mm-hmm. So by then my husband was, I think was just feeling a bit knackered and wasn't that up for um, going out. So, but my, my son was like full of beans that day, which was great. Um, what he and I did was we went to the Children's Museum in Pittsburgh. Um, you asked earlier about navigating around Buffalo. That was fine. With Pittsburgh in the car by myself in a city with lots of bridges, I did manage to get lost. There's, it's, there's lots of different sort of elements of it that cross water. Um, anyway, I definitely went across the wrong bridge at one point to get us to this Children's Museum. But it was... And also when you're in the car by yourself and you've got a chatty five-year-old, it's a little bit more stressful, but it was fine. So what's, yeah, what is interesting about Pittsburgh is that obviously at some point, like in the peak of the industrial era, they obviously had money. So some of the buildings that you see downtown are really very grand. This Children's Museum is, is an example of that because it was a former bank that's now been converted into a children's museum. So it's got all these like grand features that don't really sit with anything that's inside it. So I like a good building in, in terms of when I travel. I always find buildings quite interesting. So I um, I, I thought that was really n- notable inside, um, on the, from the outside. And yeah, the Children's Museum was very well done. They had good exhibitions, lots of areas for them to climb around in. It is different there when you go as opposed to... Um, in the UK, we're sort of used to, you know, the Natural History Museum being free, whereas there it was a good, I'm going to say it was probably th- at least $30 for us both to get in and plus paying for parking as well, which, dare I say, they've got you uh, in terms of, you know, supply and demand. But I felt parking was a little bit expensive. But no, it, it is a very well done museum. And um, I, I there's this thing with bean bags where you sort of, like hold them up on a sort of pulley thing and my my son literally spent like a good half hour just doing that which was like fine 
that's what if that's what's making you excited then lovely um (laughs) (laughs) and then did you rejoin with your husband yeah in the afternoon yeah we just drove back at that point I had spotted this another interesting building which is actually what we ended up doing on Sunday it's called the Phipps Conservatory yeah we we went back in the afternoon I think I then left my son and then went to a deli that was probably about 10 minutes drive away. So then we would have food for, I think, for the evening and possibly the next lunch as well. And then what did you do on the Saturday? Okay, so the Saturday we went to the Frick House. So I don't know if you've been to New York where there's the Frick Museum. Okay. Um, So uh, which has lots of very impressive art in it. But this family Frick were actually from um, Pittsburgh originally, which is why they have a house there. So, I mean, a sort of American equivalent of a stately house. The house itself was reasonably interesting. They had um, the, the, the bits around it were more interesting. So they had a car collection which was very impressive, particularly for a five-year-old boy. Um, but yeah, so they had like very old like Ford Model T's and other like Bentleys from 100 years ago and other, you know, very polished old looking cars, um, some of which we were allowed to sit in. That part of it was good. I think that um, there weren't any paintings that I remember being impressed by in the house itself. It, it was it was nice. And that that whole um, part of it, the whole Frick estate is free. And from there, we could walk around. It's on the edge of a park. And um, yeah, we walked around the park. But it's, it was very green, which was nice, basically. You felt like you were in, I, I, I suppose, coming from London, like it, it, when you think of parks, you know, they're very, they're not very densely populated with trees, whereas this one was. Yeah, it was just, you felt like you were in the fresh air. And it, it made you realise that it was a very livable city, like if we were ever going to move and live in another city, it was one of the ones that you're like, oh, this this is nice. This is also what was quite interesting in the park to see there were some Amish people, um, which wouldn't necessarily put it together that there was um, there'd be people of mm. Dutch heritage living in a city. I don't know if you know how Amish ladies dress with their hair covered. Yeah, they were sort of just walking around doing their thing, and I was like, oh yeah something very different. Yeah, the Amish people are really interesting, aren't they? They don't have any electricity or any kind of modern day um, technology. Yeah, they were walking around in these very, yes, this almost like grey uniform. There was like three or four of them. So did you spend all day at the Frick House? Um, I'd say we spent like a chunk of the day and we then went and got lunch. So the hotel that we were staying at had breakfast included, which was quite substantial. So probably we, I think what we did was we did breakfast, then we did a chunk of time at the Frick House, and then we went to a really nice shopping area called Shady Side. It's a neighbourhood quite kind of up and coming, and they've got a shopping area which is, I think, almost entirely pedestrianised or you know fairly pedestrianised. Yeah, there was a good selection of places and just, yeah, places that were selling interesting food. But yeah, if if people are going to Pittsburgh, I would definitely say have a look at the um, shady side because it was, a, I mean, I wouldn't say a hidden find, but it was, it was a good place to go hang out. So did you do anything in the evening? Sounds like you had quite a full on day, so maybe you just chilled out. 
Yeah, I think between the park and shade, like between doing shady side and the park and this museum in the morning, I think we were we weren't really doing much in the evening, no. And also, I, I, I mean, different people do different things, I suppose, when they travel with kids. But with us, we're quite happy to just sort of get him in bed and chill out in the evening and then have interesting days as opposed to, you know, keeping him awake till really night and going out with him. Um, sure. Yeah. And then the next day was your travel day home, but you didn't travel until late in the evening. Is that right? Exactly. So, yeah. So we we had the whole day and the hotel were fine about us checking out late. So that was the day that we went to the Phipps Conservatory, which um, is... Uh, effectively botanical gardens um, but that massively actually undersells it because it was really impressive first of all we got there and by a lovely coincidence they had a science fair on in the grounds outside it so lots of university students were kind of showcasing the experiments that they had done or things that they were working on um and there was lots of activities aimed at uh, children. So we have this video of my son, like, kind of learning about gravity because he stamped on a um, a bottle, which then made something else go flying. That was just great. There was lots of different stalls that we could go around. So we did that first of all. And then we went inside to the conservatory, which is lots of very well-tended greenhouses. There was a children's garden as well. So there was places where, you know, they could, you know, press the button and then make the water flow um, and, you know, play with sand um, and other things to keep. So so is it similar to Kew Gardens then? Yeah. Yeah, I would say. Um, so, yeah, like the Kew Gardens have got their greenhouses. So it felt like it was... So Kew Gardens, I felt, has probably bigger grounds outside as in where there's formal formal gardens to look at outside whereas this was I felt like it was mainly um lots of interconnected very large greenhouses so you were mainly indoors when you were there oh I see yeah sounds really interesting is it a good place yeah you'd recommend it yeah, I would really recommend it. At the time, they had on also, they had taken a couple of the rooms and recreated scenes from classic pictures. So there was one room where they had effectively recreated Van Gogh's house as a sort of almost like a mosaic of flowers. Oh, wow. That was very impressive that they had done that. But um, I think actually just to go and visit there in general, I would recommend. Um, it. It was not necessarily something that was on our hit list because yeah normally you know on a travel day you're not going to do a huge amount but we did have a lot of time to spend because we couldn't check out I'm sorry we couldn't get I mean there was no point in spending a whole day at an airport so we did need to do stuff that day and also we really wanted to make sure that our son would sleep on the way back so as much time doing things that day was better than not sure <laughs> gotta wear them out <laughs> I've got a hundred percent yeah um after so after we did that we did a late lunch I think we went down because we were near an area called Murray Avenue which was just it was just sort of in between the conservatory and the hotel so we stopped somewhere and had some I think we had sushi again and there was an actually on Murray Avenue there was a nice secondhand bookshop so um, we sort of looked around there and then headed to the airport after that did you yeah back to the hotel checked out dropped the car back off 
um you have that usual panic of like oh it's you know has anything happened to the car that, like you know <laughs> are they not gonna are we gonna lose a deposit but actually it was fine and was it an uneventful flight it was all smooth and I I think yeah everyone just slept and it was an overnight flight and we got back to London the next day and it was all yeah uneventful yeah Great. <laughs> well, it's been so interesting hearing about your trip. Thank you. Do you have any recommendations for future travellers to to do that sort of trip from Pennsylvania up to New York? I I mean, I I would there was a lot of places that we looked at and then excluded partly because we were travelling with a child and partly because there was just a time constri- restriction. But definitely around Pennsylvania there's a lot of national parks some of which you look at the pictures and you're like, oh, that's a beautiful view. Let's do that. And then you realize, actually, that's going to be a complete pain in the eyes to do that with a five-year-old. So we'll, we'll park that idea. So that is something that people traveling with older kids might want to do. Also, people into architecture, Frank Lloyd White Wright, the um, famous architect, he, one of his very famous houses is called Falling Water. And that's probably only about an hour's drive from Pittsburgh, but A, completely not in the direction that we were going. And B, they make it very clear that they don't accept children there below a certain age. Um, I can't remember what the age is, but it was certainly not a place to take kids, even though that would have been very interesting. So again, people traveling with older children or not traveling with children might want to look at uh, look into doing that. We found people were hugely welcoming in Pittsburgh. British Airways had only opened up their flight there a couple months before we flew. Um, and so it was really you know, they weren't used to British people being there um, and they were hugely welcoming, you know, in the hotel and in the shops and everything. I would say it's it, it's worth a visit if you fancy something off the beaten track that's not too touristy. Sounds great. And is there anything you'd change about your trip? Uh, there, there was nothing that disappointed us. Maybe in Erie, the house that we were staying at was you know, it was basic. We might have stayed somewhere a bit nicer, but it was very well located um, and sort of just ticked the boxes for what we needed. I think because, I mean, I, I do quite enjoy spending time planning holidays, um, you know, and, and you know, coming up with itineraries and things that would work. So I think once we were, once we had a plan, it just it executed itself quite well. Traveling in the States is quite easy. I mean, you're speaking the same language. Um, you know, obviously you've got the exchange rate being a bit different, but um, it's not a difficult place to travel. So I don't think there really is anything I would have changed. Great. And do you have any more trips? I mean, obviously we're in a bit of a limbo with the pandemic, but do, <laughs> do you have anything uh, planned for, or any ideas where you want to go next? Well... Um, well, we have something completely planned, but whether we're going to be, exec- be able to execute it is another matter. We are supposed to be going to Seattle and, and it'll be Washington State and Oregon in the summer. Um, that's planned for August. So with my mum's family having been from to Seattle, I've been there several times in my life, um, but I've not done it properly as a tourist. Um, and actually, I haven't been back there in about 10 years now. And um, I, I, I just want to, I, I wanted to do it properly as a tourist um, and to see the bits that I'd never normally see. Um, so we, ha- we have got a three-week road trip planned for the summer, but whether we're, I, 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 it's all up in the air now because, first of all, we're supposed to be flying with 
virgin, which might not exist. And then obviously with lockdown over there and possible lockdown over here, there's a lot of question marks over whether any of it can happen. Sure. Yes. Like a lot of travellers in that kind of state of limbo that we're all hoping that it's all going to go back to normal soon. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure we'll be able to travel again, hopefully soon. Well, thanks so much, Lillian, for chatting with me. It's been really interesting hearing about your trip. Oh, you're very welcome. And I'm sure it's going to inspire lots of people to to do the same trip. It certainly inspired me. I Great. want to go now <laughs> and do that trip. Sounds brilliant. So thanks so much and have a great evening. Thank you. You too. Take care. Thanks so much to Lillian. I find it really interesting finding out the why and how people went on their trip. And Lillian's was certainly a bargain in terms of those amazing flights. A great little tip there. Let's hope BA do something similar in the future. I hope it's inspired you to look at different states in the US that may not be on the top destination list. I've definitely started thinking a little bit outside the box in terms of this. On the next episode, I have a chat with Sophie, who went on a month-long sailing trip to Antarctica. If you've listened to episode 4, you'll have heard a similar trip that Sho had to Antarctica. But you'll definitely want to compare these two trips by listening to Sophie's too. She was a volunteer doctor on board a tall sailing ship, so it was quite a different experience altogether. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Trip Report. I put up photos relating to each episode and love to hear your thoughts on the trips featured, so do get involved in the conversation over on Instagram and Facebook, both at Trip Report Podcast. Episodes come out every other Tuesday, so be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. If you found value in this episode and are enjoying the podcast, please do leave a rating and review as it really helps my podcast to grow. If you know someone who also loves travel and you think would love to hear this trip report, please do share this episode with them. If you'd like to get in touch with me or to be a guest on the show, you can email at contacttripreport at gmail.com. Until next time, travel well and travel safe.